It's not always the big things that change the world. It's the small acts of kindness that happen repeatedly over a lifetime that make the world a better place. So every week we share a story of someone like you who is doing good in the world in their own way. Welcome to Doing Good with Carmen Herbert. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Doing Good. I am your host, Carmen Herbert. And today we have a very special guest, our very own Mark Williams, who I like to call Mark Will. His brother, Ken, is on the podcast today, who has a really awesome, incredible story that he's going to share with us. So a little bit about Ken. He's Mark's brother. He lives in Indiana. Mark says he loves to joke and tease, and he wrote a book called Irregardless with his daughter that's available on Amazon to basically tease his mother-in-law, who is an editor. Is that right? That is true. (laughs) That is awesome. I want to check that out. Um, Mark says you make insane salsa. Okay, I have to ask: chunky or smooth? Chunky, chunky. I might, my my Hispanic way. friends complain because it really is pico de gallo, but we call it salsa. Oh, and it is I, good. That is amazing. So, did, have you always cooked? Do you always love? You know, have you always loved to make things, or how did this come about? I have always loved to to make things, and there are two things I I say that there are two things that I can do well: salsa and chocolate cake. Oh, there are a couple of things I'm adding to the the mix, but but really, what else do you need? Exactly, chips, some good chips and salsa, and some good <laughs> chocolate right. cake can save the world, and that's actually what we're going to talk about today. Is is how your chocolate cake has changed the world and changed so many lives. So a while ago, you started thinking of ways you could serve others, and remembered your mom's chocolate cake recipe, which is, I understand, basically a Texas sheet cake, mm-hmm. and you started giving away chocolate cakes to people who just popped into your head during the week. Someone that you thought might need a little pick-me-up, which chocolate and sugar, I mean, what could be a better pick-me-up than that? Can't go wrong. (laughs) Yes, and this has grown to be a pretty amazing thing. So food has always been a huge way that you've been able to help people feel remembered or thought of. And so this kind of turned into this phenomenon of this chocolate cake. And I'm excited to talk to you more about that. But I also want to add that you have done an awesome thing is when people you know are getting married, you interview all their loved ones and then write a book for the newlyweds that contain all their best relationship and marriage advice. How, what a keepsake for them. That is awesome. How cool. Okay, Ken, well, let's just jump right in and talk about how your chocolate cakes have saved the world. So you make salsa, you make cakes, you love to bake. What got you started thinking about doing this and how this could help others? It, uh, I have to make one correction though, in, in, uh, the bio that Mark wrote for me, it, please do. I'm his favorite brother. Oh, you have to clarify that favorite, not just yes. a brother, favorite just, brother. Okay. Right. I'm glad you made that clarification. Okay. And I know he may take that up. That's, that's going to be on him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so your your his favorite brother, you how what is your age difference between you and Mark? Seventeen years. Seventeen um, years. And I like to introduce myself as the uh, little bit older, but much more handsome. Yes, brother. Absolutely, you are very handsome. People <laughs> oh, can't thanks. see people can't see on this podcast, but go look up Ken Williams. Yes, you are you are both handsome. You are very handsome. Oh, and you, you did you ever bake for Mark? Growing up? Oh, we had a few months together before I left for college. He was born in November and I left in uh, the following August. Oh, so he so, was just a tiny baby. Yeah. But then when you'd come back, like, was that, did you like to bake for your family or make things for them? I 
I have done a little bit of that. I could tell you some stories about Mark, though. So I would love do to that. Hear. Let's. I want to hear all the details. <laughs> Ask on him Mark. about his pickle sandwiches. He likes to make pickle sandwiches. Pickle sandwiches. How interesting. Oh, that is okay. I'm going to ask him about that for sure. <laughs> so Mark's mate, Mark makes pickle sandwiches and you make chocolate cake. That's right. So you can decide who you want to be friends with. Exactly. <laughs> I like both. It depends on, it depends on if I'm pregnant or not. Maybe there, pickles there if I'm pregnant and chocolate cake every other time. So you have, so you make chocolate cake and did you just think one day, Oh, I wonder, and it, it's not like brownies or like a little thing, like a whole cake. That's kind of a big deal to give someone an entire cake. Well, and I, the way that it started out, it was, it was kind of a slow process. My wife was the compassionate service leader in the ward. Okay. And I came, I came home from work one day and she had made some chocolate chip cookies and chocolate chip cookies are about the best kind of cookies there are. And she does a great job. I agree. They got to be soft. They got to be and I like them frozen. And and so I reached out for one and she slapped my hand away, which oh. just hurt my feelings. And I said, what is what is the deal with these cookies that I can't have one? She said, they're not for you. They're for a family in the ward. Well, she would regularly make meals and coordinate things like that. But I'd never heard of her making, heard of anybody making cookies for somebody because they just needed it. Yeah. And I asked, what is going on with the family that they need chocolate chip cookies? She said, mm, I don't know. I just felt like they needed it and it didn't even land with me until about three weeks later, we got a voicemail from the family saying, thank you so much for those cookies. That's exactly what we needed. Oh, and so that kind of just stuck in my mind. It was sometime around the same time period. She had gotten some, some candy jars and filled them up with some black eyed Susans from our front garden. And I got home from work again and it was date night. And I said, cool flowers. Who are those for? I don't know. Uh, okay. There was a sister in the ward whose mother had just passed away. And she said, we're going to take some flowers to her after that. I don't know. So we're driving around. We delivered the flowers and she looked at me and she said, okay, now where? And the interesting thing was a name popped into my head and I was a big chicken about it. And I don't know why, but I just, I, I was embarrassed to say who had come to mind. It was my home teaching family. And so I said, uh, I, I I don't know where we should go. And she looked at me and she said, why don't we go visit? And she named the same family. No way. Yeah. So we went there and it was a, um, an experience where we were at the right place at the right time. She walked up to the wife and gave her the flowers. They had a nice chat. The husband was in the driveway. Uh, in the middle of their driveway was a pallet with construction debris, bags of concrete, bricks, things like that. And it was in the middle of the driveway. So they couldn't get their cars in and out of the garage. And he was angry as he, because nobody would take responsibility for leaving this in the middle of their driveway. And so he had to move it and get rid of the stuff. And a dutiful home teacher, I show up and I'm helping him out. And, and so we have a nice chat. And these two experiences, as I looked back on them, I realized there was something happening. There was something about the cookies. I know it had nothing to do with cookies. There was right. something about just responding to a prompting that landed us in the right place at the right time. So yes. um, I'm going to, uh, I had never considered the idea that something not quote unquote service related could turn into a service activity. And uh, my dad tells a story. It's one of my favorite stories th that he tells about growing up. And he was, 
the details are a little bit vague and he changes the details sometimes as he tells the story multiple times. And so I'm just guessing that some of the, the specifics, but he and his cousin were at a dance. This was right around, I think it was just after his mission. There was a, uh, it's a, a fall festival type dance, Thanksgiving time. And there was a door prize and they're going around meeting girls and doing important things like that. When of the course. door prize was announced, it was a live turkey. And my dad happened to be the winner. Well, a live a, turkey? Oh <laughs> a live my turkey. goodness. And who needs a live turkey? No. So he, they were, he and his cousin were trying to figure out what do we do with this thing to get rid of it? <laughs> we don't want the store prize. <laughs> no. His <laughs> uncle was branch president and knew of some families or knew of a family that really could use it, but they didn't, they wouldn't take the charity. Oh. And so my dad in his... I, I get my personality or a lot of the, my, my jokester um, vibe from him. Yes. So he calls this family and acts like he's a radio DJ and congratulates them for winning a drawing. And they might win a Thanksgiving turkey if they can answer three questions right. Well, the three questions he came up with, he can't remember those. And so I have to make those up in my, in my own yeah. head. But they were simple questions like, um, what superhero was Clark Kent? Oh, and okay. this woman answered every single question wrong. And oh. she would say things. The one question he remembers is, who was the Lone Ranger's horse? And this horse is silver. And she was so excited. Tonto. Well, that's the sidekick. And every answer that she got wrong, he just was excited. You're right. Congratulations. <gasps> no one more way. and you win our turkey. So they dumped this turkey off at their, their, front, their front porch. They thought it was hilarious. And a couple hours later, they drive by. They see the husband. He's plucking the thing. And not our problem anymore. And yeah. sorry about you guys, but yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> he thought that was great. Well, sometime later, his cousin was talking to him and said, Hey, did you ever hear the rest of the, that story? And my dad said, no. Well, this woman got up in sacrament meeting, fast and testimony meeting and explained things are tight right now. And we did not think we'd be able to have a Thanksgiving Turkey. And I couldn't break it to my kids that God doesn't answer their prayer. He does answer prayers, just not their prayers just not their prayers about getting a turkey. And then this nice man from the radio station called, and I don't know how I did it, but I won. And as I figured out that experience and even a joke, even something that has nothing to do with what's going on in, uh, in somebody's life can have such an impact. I started putting these, these things together and I realized maybe there's a, maybe there's, something good on here. I was a seminary teacher and had been at a fireside or something like that. And there were some, there was a plate of brownies that I'd collected afterwards. And as I was driving home, just without, without even thinking, turned away from my house to go towards one of the, the students in my class and knocked on the door, had a quick conversation. Hey, I was thinking about you. Here's some, yeah. some brownies. And it was a day or two later, she came up and she said, thanks so much for that visit. That's exactly what I needed. So this is all coming together and I'm realizing there's something that is significant. Yes. So the chocolate cake came in. I, I'm a fan of chocolate and my birthday is in November. So I send cards and Costco has this, this huge three or four layer chocolate cake. It's about seven pounds. It's just rich. And I would get it once a year. I'd have to buy it for myself and I would eat <laughs> a little bit that I wanted. Then the rest of this cake, I didn't have anything to do with it. The rest of my family wasn't going to go through this whole cake. So I would cut it up 
wrap it up and I would take it to people in the ward that I knew who liked chocolate cake. And it was a great way to get rid of it. Great way to connect with people. I was having a, just a wonderful time having these short interactions with people. Yeah. And there was a Sunday that big family award. I knew they loved chocolate cake. I'm at their doorstep and I got a prompting and the, I haven't, hadn't figured this all out yet. I got this prompting that just was a thought that said, you should go visit your home teaching family. And my thought was, yeah, I'll get there. Let me drop this off and then yes. head over there. Yeah. And I knocked no answer. And I got the prompting again, you should go visit your home teaching family. And I kind of dismissed it. Yeah, I'll, I'll get there. And I could hear some movement behind the door. I knew they were home. I knocked harder. No answer. The prompting comes again. And again, yeah, I'll, I'll get there. And I call. I call their number. No answer. And I get the prompting again. Go visit your home teaching family. I finally figured it out. So, They're the ones that need the cake. <laughs> I, I, drive, I leave their house without making any kind of a visit, without dropping off the cake. And I go over to the, my home teaching family. And knock on their door. The wife comes to the door and I hand her the cake. And, and just with the, the kind of sarcastic attitude that I was feeling at the time, I said, the spirit said, I should bring you some chocolate cake. And she took it almost absentmindedly. She put it aside and she said, thanks so much for coming. Our infant son needs a blessing. Could you help? Oh. And so that kind of hit me. Um, <laughs> and I realized, okay, when I get these promptings, when I get these feelings, these these nuggets of thought, I need to act on them. Yes. And so what I've done is, is as I make cake, and it, it doesn't have to be chocolate cake. It doesn't have to be, and it has nothing to do with me. It's just as I think about who needs to know that they're noticed, who needs to know that they're loved. Yes. And I've, so I'll ask my kids, who do you know who needs chocolate cake? And that's just the, the question that I ask. And it can be cinnamon rolls or it can be zucchini bread or it can be a, a bouquet of flowers. Yes, but it's what it stands for. Right. Who needs to be noticed? So I've got a, um, I've got a friend. And if he listens to this, he's probably going to argue, we're not friends. Yes, we are, CJ. Sorry about that. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> CJ is blind. And he, at the time, was our elders quorum president. And one of my favorite scriptures uh, as an aside is about how if you're in the service of your fellow being, you're in the service of God. So when CJ needs to go get a scoop of ice cream or something like that, my my most compassionate way of serving is to go pick him up, give him a ride. And sometimes he shares with me as well. Yes. So I called him up one day and I had made some cake. And I just asked him, CJ, who in your quorum needs chocolate cake? And he said, you know, Nathan, Nathan needs chocolate cake. So I pick him up. We go down to Nathan's house, knock on the door. Nobody's home. And well, let's figure out somebody else. So there's somebody else in the ward. We stopped by, had a great visit. But uh, one of us, and I can't remember who, it was probably CJ because he's much more obnoxious than I am. But he, <laughs> I think it was probably me. <laughs> we texted Nathan and said, sorry, you missed out. We stopped by your house with some cake and you weren't there. So we enjoyed it. It was delicious. And I thought I was just having a little bit of fun at, uh, at Nathan's expense. Well, he responded. He said, thank you so much for thinking of me. I finally feel like I have a friend in the ward. And oh, my again, goodness. just a joke that a couple of us were, were having. Yeah. Turned into something that, that was good. And so I've realized that I can, I can have these, these kinds of experiences as often as I want. Yes. 
So I will make cake almost every Sunday. It's a very simple recipe. I'm happy to share it. It's, um, <laughs> it's like, a, like you said, it's a Texas sheet cake recipe. I do go a little bit heavy on the buttermilk and a little bit heavy, maybe on the, um, some of the other ingredients just to make it a little bit richer and oh, sounds amazing. Like and I found some pans that, uh, I found on Amazon, some other ones at the dollar tree that I can make a full nine by 13 cake batch and split it into several pans. And then I've got one for me and then several that I can share. But I'll ask my kids, who do you know who needs chocolate cake? And we'll go, they'll come up with a, a name or two and we'll go visit. And the fun thing is then I can ask them, why did you think of this family? Yes. Uh, I don't know. And then I can teach them about the promptings of the spirit and how that works. I think this is the most beautiful way of showing Heavenly Father's love through you to someone else. And one of my most favorite quotes is from Spencer W. Kimball. I'm sure you've heard it. God does notice us and he watches over us, but it is usually through another person that he meets our needs. And I don't know that there's anything more beautiful. I've shared this so many times in this world than knowing that you were the answer to someone's prayer. And, and it's not about you, but it's you were able to share God's love mm -hmm. for them because you listen to the prompting of the spirit. Like that is the most amazing thing. You feel his love for you for doing what he asked for, for caring for one of his children. You feel his love for his, the person you're serving. You feel their love for you and heavenly mm -hmm. father, their gratitude. It's the most pure, incredible thing. And it's like those little, my husband calls them bookmark moments mm -hmm. that stick with you when you're thinking, I don't know if Heavenly Father is really there. I don't know if he really cares. You can say, oh, but wait, and look back at those moments in your life when you cared for someone else because you listened to a prompting or you were cared for by someone. And I've had both experiences in my life where same thing. Recently, I there's a family that did some service for us and I felt the prompting to bring them some cookies. Mm -hmm. And so I went to Swig and instead of making them, I bought them and I got some And that's cookies. okay too. <laughs> and that's okay too. But I or and it sorry, it wasn't Swig, it was it was um it was what is it? There's crumble and what's the other one? There's crumble. There's chip. Okay, there it is. I was thinking of what it was. Anyway, doesn't really matter, but this family has celiac disease and type one diabetes. And I know they can't eat these cookies, mm -hmm. but I didn't, that thought completely left my mind. And I bought these cookies for this family. And as I'm dropping them off, I'm thinking, this was the dumbest thing. Why did I bring them cookies? They can't eat these. Mm -hmm. This is rude. It's like, here's these amazing, delicious cookies. Oh, but if your daughter eats them, she could get really sick. And I know that you can't eat them because you have celiac. And and I thought that was really dumb. So I texted her and I said, I'm so sorry. I had this prompting. I should bring you cookies but I know you can't eat them. So just you can give them to your husband <laughs> or whoever you want. But I just felt like you needed them. And she's like, thank you so much. Yes. My son will eat them or my husband or something. And I said, Oh, I'm so sorry. I did that. Like, I felt like it was almost rude that I mm -hmm. did that, but I felt so strongly that they needed them. So a week later, just barely, she called me and she said, okay, I want you to know what your cookies have done. There was a family in her neighborhood who were celebrating their son's one year anniversary of his death. He, mm. he passed away from cancer. It was their little boy. And so they went and they did all of his favorite things for his birthday. And as they were driving home, they witnessed a tragic car accident that happened in our neighborhood with a sweet woman. Her daughter died and she mm. was the one that witnessed it and then held her as she passed away 
on the anniversary of her son's death, she wow. witnessed this death of this girl in, in our neighborhood. And, and she came home and she was just like, oh my goodness, how tragic and sad. And yet she felt like she was supposed to be there for her. And it was her son that was helping her give love to this girl in her final moments. And as she got home, these cookies were on her doorstep. And my friend had felt like she needed these cookies before she knew what had happened. She gave them to her earlier in the day and they came home to these cookies and she texted her and said, that was just a sweet little reminder of God's love for me that he was watching out for me. And so my friend called me and said, this is what your cookie, a seemingly random thing. Like, why do you need these? And I don't know why you need them. And she's like, but heavenly father knew that I would know what to do with them. Mm -hmm. So he'd prompted you to give them to me who gave them to this woman. And it was the most simple thing. I mean, you think, well, what does cookie or cake really do to change someone's life? But it isn't the sweet thing. Mm -hmm. It's the love and the service that that we feel from Heavenly Father, that's that's what it is. It's knowing right. that someone notices them, like you said, that changes them and, and makes them feel Heavenly Father's love. Right. And and the thing that I found is it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter who. It doesn't matter who you are prompted to to go share with. There are um, a couple experiences that I have had. I was uh and this the these types of things don't happen every time. There are times that I stop by, we have a nice chat, and that's the end of it. Yes. But I, there's one time, and that's fine. I, I have zero expectation. As I go visit people, I'll knock on the door. If I drop them on the doorstep, I'm fine with that. And if yeah. I just hand them to the person and say, hey, happy birthday, or I was thinking about you, I'm fine with that. And if they invite us in and we chat for a while, I'm fine with that too. But there was one time that uh, a brother in the ward took him, and his wife was uh, – was pregnant and he just, it was a very short visit. He said, thank you so much. This was an answer to prayer. And I don't know what was going on, but there was another time I had just shared my experience with the girls at girls camp. And one of the leaders came up and she said, do you remember when you brought me cookies? And I did. And she had just moved into our ward at the time. And they had just been on my mind. It was just nothing more than that, that and when I made cake that day, I thought I'm going to take some over to them and, and she said, that was the worst experience of, or the worst day of my life. And I thought, I'm so sorry that I had part of that. <laughs> she said, no, we had just moved into the ward and I was going through a horrible miscarriage and you showed up with cake. Oh. And so I've had enough of those kinds of experiences wow. to know that I don't have to, I don't have to be told that this was a, a life-changing or a memorable or a, a notable moment. Right. I know those happen and um, it's, and that's good enough for me. There was, there's a family that used to be in our ward and I loved this family. They, uh, a lot of times I'll, I'll take some cake. We'll make a family visit and just introduce people to the ward. Usually I tell them that I, I need to get to them before anybody else does so they can know that I'm not as horrible as the rumors. And <laughs> so we drop off some cake and then I find out I'm in the elders corn presidency right now. So I can, I have the birthday list for the ward. And so I'll yeah. take cake over for people's birthdays. And, and uh, then they weren't even in the ward for a year. They moved out. And uh, I got a text from, from the uh, husband who said, you know, I've, I've struggled with service and especially now with the pandemic, how do you serve somebody? Yeah. And right. he said, I just have loved the approach that you just get in the car and go. No, no thought really beforehand. Just, right. just go. Yes. 
and there are one of my one of my favorite experiences that didn't have anything to do me, with me directly, but I was talking to a, a, a high counselor in our stake and he had told him about what I'd been doing. And he had a son who was 11 years old. We were at the priesthood preview and it was one of the days, it was right around my birthday. So I had this big chocolate cake from Costco I was trying to get rid of. And I usually take an extra cake or an extra, uh, extra treats just in case I get prompted by the spirit. Yeah. And that happens many times. So as uh, I was telling this high counselor that I, I've got your cake that I promised you, he said, hey, tell my son what you do. And so I gave him the short version. And uh, then I had the prompting. Hey, you've got an extra piece. Give it to him that he can give away to somebody else. Oh, awesome. And so I did that. And I walked away not knowing what was happening. And then it was about three weeks before I saw this, uh, this high counselor again. And I just was so excited to hear what happened. And he teared up when he started to tell me, did, did you hear what my son was saying before, or as you went to get the cake? And I said, no, he told me that, uh, his son, as I had told him the story and I went to my car to get the cake, he said, I know exactly who to give this to. There was a brother in their ward, less active. His wife had just died and they went, had a nice visit. And, um, so it's, I, I love hearing that people are having similar experiences. Yes. And it it happens. It doesn't take much. Mark, I know in one of the firesides talked about the experience of sharing chocolate cake. And I saw yeah. some of the YouTube comments that how could you do this every week? Well, you don't have to do it every week. You do it whenever you want. Yeah, right. And, and it doesn't have to be anything. I, I take cakes into work and sometimes I am prompted, hey, this person would be a good person to share cake with. And it's a bonus that it's a really good cake. And so yeah. if you make something that's really good and share that, it works the same. And I've done gluten-free cake as well. I tried it one time with uh, gluten and dairy-free and that one wasn't my favorite, but yes, I'm a fan of butter though. <laughs> yeah, I love butter, but I bet Mark would appreciate that because Mark is gluten-free. Yes, he is. And I have uh, I have shared some gluten-free cake with him and oh. and... Uh, so uh, what would you tell people that are maybe uncomfortable with the idea, not with service, but of what if this person maybe, you know, doesn't know how to act? Like, what if I give it away and they're unappreciative? Or what if I give it away and it, it, I'm embarrassed to do it or or I don't want to show my face? Or what would you say to people that want to do something like this. And again, it doesn't have to be cake. It can even just be a phone call or mm -hmm. let's go on a walk together, but they're maybe unsure of how to start or uncomfortable with following through with the prompting. So the thing that I would say is, is some of my best experiences have happened when I've had those feelings and there's a family in our ward who's gluten-free and I made a gluten-free cake and I didn't know if it was any good and I'd tried it and you know, what do I know? And, and as I was walking up to the the uh, door, I just had this thought, I don't even know this family. I know them peripherally, but why would they want, why, why would I want to be here? And I knocked on the door and, and they were so kind. And they, um, the mother answered the door and she called a couple of her kids over that were gluten-free as well. And Hey, brother Williams brought some cake, gluten-free cake for you. And they were so excited. It was just a nice visit. I've had a couple of ex other experiences where it's been, um, I've just felt that apprehension. I don't know these people well. I don't know yes. how this is going to go. And the thing that I've that I've decided is it it has nothing to do with 
It has nothing to do with me. And I'm worried about me. I'm worried about how are they going to receive me? Yes. That's, that's not important. So don't think about that. Don't think about you. Think about if you received chocolate cake or brownies or flowers or a note or uh, an unexpected text message, how would you feel? And I think I would feel, um, I'll give you an example. <laughs> I Sometimes when I talk about this, I tell people if I'm in my ward or stake, I'll tell them that the spirit may tell you that brother Williams needs chocolate cake and you should act on that prompting. Yes, absolutely. And <laughs> I'm not, I'm not always a fan of desserts. I told you my wife does great chocolate chip cookies, but some people don't do great chocolate chip cookies, but guess right. what? I don't care. Right. It was so kind of them to to think of me. There's so there's I told you that I do this the, these smaller cake pans. There was one time a, a young man in my ward brought over a full 9 by 13 cake, a full cake. I'm not going to eat a full cake. But I can share it. Yes. And I wasn't home at the time, so I got home I there and there was this note that was just so so kind and so innocent. There was a big a big piece, like a 4 by 4 inch piece that had been taken out of this cake. And his note said, Brother Williams, I am so, so sorry that there is a piece missing from this cake. But my dad promised me that you would want to share with him. And so he took a cake before he took a piece before I brought it over. And he, his dad and I had served in the bishopric together. And absolutely, absolutely, I would share of with course. him. Yes. Why not? But his his expression of, of kindness and, and love, even though there was a piece missing, was it was so heartfelt and so heartwarming for me. I absolutely, I love that story. And when I visited them uh, the last time they've moved to Utah, um, that came up again. Do you remember that time? And the husband still says, I knew you would want to share with me. And yes, absolutely. Yes. So um, you can, you can have fun with this as well. I've had, uh, there's a ward that I served in when I was on the high council and a couple of the kids had heard the story at girls camp. And so they reminded me, brother Williams, my birthday's coming up. Yes. And it worked out great that they both had September birthdays. And then I found out that their dad had September birthday as well. So oh, awesome. I made a cake for each of them, but I took a big chunk out of theirs and gave it to their dad. Oh, that's so fun. So you get this young 13, 14 year old, um, young woman who is just thinks the world is all about her. And yeah, I gave right. her the cake. She was so excited about that. And then she, I told her that her dad appreciates her sharing with her. And she said, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not sharing with my dad. Yeah, you are. Yes, you are. And so it wasn't until she got home and opened it up and realized, yeah, I did share with my dad. Oh, that's awesome. So, I but love that. it's, it's about, like you said, knowing that you're loved yeah. and Sherry do gave a talk where she talked about one of the sweetest experiences you can have is to know how your father in heaven feels about you. And if you know that and you can, extrapolate that if he feels that way about me and he feels that way about you all it takes is for me to do something kind and i'm expressing that or i'm a conduit of that love that he has for you exactly and we can feel that for each other and it brings us closer together and and helps us feel just closer to one another i think especially with this last year in 2020 it's been hard to connect and it's been mm -hmm. hard to feel love for your neighbors, especially if there's not only because of the distancing and because we don't see them every week at church anymore and going out and about anymore. And we're all wearing masks and we don't see each other smiling, but because of differing opinions. And it feels mm -hmm. like there's just such a wedge 
that has been driven between all of us. Some, some of it is, is self-inflicted and some of it's just the nature of the circumstances. But this is such an incredible way of, of rekindling maybe that love too for your neighbor. And Mm -hmm. if, if maybe I would say you are not feeling very kind towards someone in your ward for whatever reason, doing something like this can maybe rekindle your feelings of love respect or kindness for them. And sometimes in my prayers, if I'm feeling unkind feelings towards someone, a member of my family, a friend, a neighbor, whether it's deserved or not, mm-hmm. I will say, Heavenly Father, I don't, I am not feeling loving feelings towards this person right now, but I know you love them. So if I can't love them right now, can can you please let me feel your love for them? And without a doubt, every time I am filled with love for this person. And I know it's not my own, Mm -hmm. it's his, but because I can feel how much he loves them, it lets me begin to love them too. And I love that this little act of service that you've, that you've done. And what an incredible example to your children of showing them you can act on promptings and, and it's something so small that honestly does change someone's life and makes them feel this love that then they can carry on this tradition mm-hmm. in their own lives and into their own homes in their own way in the future. That's true. And uh, I just recently um, was talking to my daughter who went back to BYU-Idaho over the weekend. And um, I had sent some cakes with her that she could go share with people. And Oh, how and, neat. Uh, she had another experience or one of those same kinds of experiences where she knocked on somebody's door. They weren't home. And, okay, this gives me somebody else that I can share cake with. Yes. And, um we let the the people know that weren't home. They'd actually moved. And sorry, you didn't get the cake, but uh, they also knew we were thinking about them. And um, so it those those thoughts that we s- sometimes get that why am I doing this? It's you know this is my state president. He doesn't know who I am, or this is somebody that I haven't even met him because they're new in the ward or we're new in the ward. Right. That all that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And. It, and wouldn't you rather be a little embarrassed and give and be kind mm-hmm. than to miss a prompting and and miss that experience of giving that baby the blessing or making someone feel loved after they had a miscarriage or or letting that teenage boy know that he's not alone? I mean, the worst that can happen is that you're a little uncomfortable and a little embarrassed, but you've done something kind for someone else. That's the worst that can happen. Right. And and who cares if they throw the cake away or don't eat it or don't like it? Or That's not my problem. <laughs> it's not your problem. It, it, you, you followed through with the prompting. And I feel like, and I'm sure you've experienced this, that um, Heavenly Father then can trust us even more and will give mm-hmm. us more promptings in our own personal life. And and it just brings us closer to each other and to Heavenly Father. Have you noticed that in your own life, that the more you do it, the closer you feel to the Spirit and the more you're able to act on those promptings? Yeah. There, um, the the thing that I found is that years ago, kind of how the story built, I was the stake young men's president and, and had talked to a, one of the young men's presidents in one of the wards and and had just had a thought that he needs to pray for his young men by name every day. And he had a small group. It was seven boys. Two of them were his own. Oh, that is small. And pray for the boys, pray for the kids by name. And shortly after that, I was released and called as a seminary teacher. And so I took that advice that I know didn't come from me. And I prayed for my seminary students by name every day. And the experience that I had was there were times that 
it was like hitting a speed bump and there was nothing elaborate about my prayers. It was heavenly father, please bless Joey. Please bless Heather. Please bless. And it was, as I would go through the list, sometimes it would be like, I would, I would catch on a name. And that was the person that I would go visit with chocolate cake. And I had some wonderful experiences. One, um, one young man, <laughs> I stopped by his house and I just asked him, how's seminary going? And that's a tough question to ask when you're the seminary teacher, because you might get an honest answer. Right. And he said, it's not going very well. <laughs> and I said, what's happening? I haven't been very reverent lately. I said, I know what's going on. I know why. <laughs> <laughs> so, but we shared some cake and he, and uh, I had a, a great opportunity to just connect with them. And I gave him a, a, an invitation for the class the following day and he followed through on it. It was just a great experience. And so it's, it's things like that. As you learn how the spirit speaks to you, yes, then act on it. I, there was a, a family in the ward. They walked by, I didn't know them very well. They walked by in church and I thought that's who I need to share with today. And my wife and I had been out uh, visiting somebody else. And I said, can we do a little side trip and, and share some cake with this family? And she said, absolutely. Did you know it's her birthday today? <laughs> no, I had no idea. It just worked out that we showed up with chocolate cake on her birthday. And what, you know, who's not going to feel loved, even if you don't like chocolate oh, cake, even if you yeah. don't eat gluten or if you're dairy free or whatever, I would think knowing how I feel when somebody brings me something that I don't like. Yes. I'm so grateful for the thought yes that it doesn't matter that i don't like the the treat exactly and i am a firm believer that when we make something especially homemade and and if that's not your thing and that's totally fine but i i'm of the opinion that when i cook for my boys or when i make something when they say it's baked with love mm -hmm. i truly believe that's a real that's a real ingredient it's Absolutely. a real thing that you give your time, your service, your you you buy it, you sacrifice your finances, your money, mm -hmm. your time, everything to to give something of yourself away, and that a part of you is infused in that cake or those yeah. flowers or whatever. That it's a part. It, it, it's you're giving a little piece of your heart to them, and they can feel that. They can feel that love, and they can feel your generosity and your, it, it's not about, like you said, it, it, it's not about the thing itself that you eat. Even if they don't eat it, it was just a little piece of love that you mm -hmm. gave away to them. And Absolutely. that is what is so meaningful. And I am so grateful, Ken, for you coming on today and sharing your experience with service and, and giving that away. And if, if you could maybe give someone advice or, or, or how, how should they get started? Like how, how can people find their thing to give away? That is something that is, it, it and it can change. It doesn't have to be a thing. It can be, we've done cake, we've done flowers, we've done different things over time, chocolate chip cookies. If you have something to share, then share. I was talking to um, Sean Rapier, who did the Latter-day Lives broadcast, and and. I had the chance to share my, my story with him. And he said that somebody in his ward came by and said, I don't do cake, but I do dish towels. And this is my dish towel phenomenon. It doesn't have to be any specific thing. It works with everything because it's not about the thing. It's about showing God's love for his children through you. And 
the, the text message that I got from this brother who was only in my ward for a, f- a few months was get in the car and go. You don't have to know where you're going beforehand. Just get in the car and go. I've had experiences where I was going to a, uh, a house and I was nudged by the spirit. No, don't go there. You need to go visit one of your deacons and had a wonderful experience with this young man, um, teaching him based. I shared with him that experience. I wasn't coming here with cake. I was going to someplace else, but the spirit prompted me and here's how the spirit can work for you. I love that. There's a quote from elder Iring that I'm trying to find. And it's basically service is never convenient. There's never a right time. Like, well, on Saturday at 7 PM, that's my service time. And if that works for you, great, but it's, it's often an inconvenient times where you feel I need to give this person dinner. I need to go visit them. I need to call them. And you're like, I don't have time all the time. You feel like I'm too tired. <laughs> I'm too tired. I don't want to make a cake right now. I'm sure there's days where you're like, I don't know. Oh, absolutely. Feel like baking a stinking cake. One more it's day. okay. <laughs> it's yeah. okay to not do it every single day or every single yes, week. Right. But, it, but it, it's rarely, it's rarely easy and rarely convenient, but, and I'm sure that you would testify to this. It is always worth it. Always. And, and heavenly father always, makes up for whatever inconvenience it is to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has been, I've had so many, the reason I do this almost every Sunday is because it is so rewarding to go visit people and just to see their reactions and know, know that they feel noticed. And especially in a time like this, where it is so easy to be forgotten yes. or to, easy to be not noticed just to let people know, hey, I know who you are. I know you're there. It could be a ministering uh, brother or sister, but it doesn't have to be. It can be anyone that comes to your mind mm-hmm. and and not even necessarily in your ward. It could be a teacher at school right. that you feel like, I'm going to bring something to my teacher, a gift card, or just write them a note or something like that. And like you said, it's it, it always makes even a text message that someone said, Hey, mm-hmm. I was just thinking about you today. It's like, you were, yeah. that means so much to me that, that you said that, that someone else was, was thinking about me. And even if it's, I'm not having a hard day, just mm-hmm. something, Oh, I was just thinking about you. It means so much. So I, I would love to challenge my listeners to think about ways that they can be God's hands and think about ways they can serve others in their neighborhood or community and, and be that giver of chocolate cake and give away something. Like you said, it, it can be anything, anything that you feel like you, you want to do and you want to give away, but put some time and effort and, and thought into it. And, and, and I truly believe that heavenly father will be able to, he's just waiting and so excited to bless all of us. And that he'll tell you exactly the best way that you can bless others' lives. And Ken, how, how fun that yours is chocolate cake. I think that's just an awesome way that you've been able to show God's love for those in your community. And I know that you've blessed so many lives from doing good. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and sharing those experiences with us. Thanks for letting me share my story. Thanks for listening to this episode of Doing Good with Carmen Herbert, available exclusively inside Our Turtle House. At Our Turtle House, there's something for the whole family. From full leg talks that you can't get anywhere else from some of your favorite speakers, to fun family home evening lesson plans that follow the Come Follow Me curriculum. 
There's even short daily devotionals made specifically for your teens. Plus, you can get two months free when you sign up for an annual plan. Just go to OurTurtleHouse.com to get started. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you back here for another episode of Doing Good next week.